Crossover Sports fans, we're back. I'm Eric. Joined with me, as always, are my friends Jesus and Mario Perez. And yes, they are brothers by blood, not by street. We have our thoughts on the Sweet 16 coming up, and, we, and we're excited. We love basketball here, but first, we're going to talk about what we saw in the first two rounds. A lot of excitement, a lot of good basketball, and we're going to get into it. What would you see, boys? A lot of great basketball, if you ask me. Um, I really enjoyed this, you know, since the start to to Sunday night. Um, could definitely go back and forth on multiple games and just be, you know, be you know, be thrilled. I think it was one of those things that we we said it the week uh, before that. I think this was the most balanced tournament as far as each regional goes, um, and. I felt that way this weekend when I was watching the games, um, the upsets that we watched, um, even the close games that a lot of people did not predict. Um, I mean, we got games that you think some of these bigger schools were going to just completely take over, and that didn't happen So, um, for the most part. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I really enjoyed this weekend. Um, I'm, I'm excited for it to kick back off again. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, it's like my favorite time of year, to be honest with you. I usually I usually take time off of work. I didn't this year. However, I did watch all the games from my phone, was very unproductive this week in the office. Um, but, man, just, just a lot of close ones. I mean, you, you just had it up there. Chattanooga taking Illinois to the limit. Vermont put up a, a, a tough fight against Arkansas, couldn't pull it out, um, you know, obviously the darling of the tournament so far has been St. Peter's. They kind of threw a wrench and I know a lot of people had Kentucky going. A lot of people had Kentucky. Which going. was a great game. It was a great game. And most people had Kentucky at least going to the elite eight. I know a bunch of people had them going to the final four. I actually had them going out in the next round to Murray state, but St. Peter's just had other thoughts in that game too. Even that Murray state game though, right? It, it was Murray and San Francisco. Oh man, that, that was Maybe other than the North Carolina Baylor game, that might have been the, the next best game of the weekend. That I, I'm blanking on his name right now, but that guard for San Francisco, man, he was hitting all sorts of shots all over the place. And Murray State's got three or four guys that are really nice off the bounce, really well coached. I just saw their coach is actually leaving for uh, LSU, if I'm not mistaken. So good for him, getting a big job. But man, Murray State, yeah, that was that was a wild game. Just just good game. I mean, it it, it started. Started from the very first game, right? Colorado State was up on Michigan early, up at halftime. Then Michigan, St- or I'm sorry, Michigan, not Michigan State. And then Michigan just kind of yeah. put the hammer down and, and started feeding the big kid Dickinson and Low, and and just kind of started playing through him. So yeah, a lot of good basketball. Lot lot of good basketball. It was really fun. What a great game from Dick- yeah, Dickinson. Um, to your point too, man. Um, I think it was Florida where the head coach is going to. Not LSU. So Florida is the guy from San Francisco. I'm blanking on their names right now. San Francisco, yeah, same, the, the head coach from San Francisco is going to Florida. The head coach from Murray State is going to LSU. Okay, okay there you go. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think great games. And like Jesus said earlier, we talked about last time too, was I think – well, I mean, not even think of it. You just saw it this weekend. 
out of all the tournaments, this tournament was one that like you don't have that clear cut favorite. All the regions are even, you know, there there's not one superior region of like tough, super hard one. And I think the teams were balanced. And I think for the first time you can say this in a long time, seeds don't matter right now, right? And we're you're proving it with a lot of these teams. Like you can be the lower seed or the higher seed. It does not matter in this tournament. And and all weekend long it got proven time and again that this is a, a one one game tourney, you know, and whoever comes to ball is gonna come to ball and you know you're gonna pay if you're not you're not bring your A game that day. And this is just an amazing weekend of basketball that just happened and I loved every round of it. So uh, to touch on that, you know why I think I'm not a huge like b- believer in upsets anymore in this day and age of college basketball. And I tell you why I think the seeding doesn't matter. One reason, and it's more recent, is because of the transfer portal. Um, I was having a conversation with a buddy about this the other day. Uh, so I don't know if you guys saw what happened in the, in the Atlantic Sun Conference during conference play. Uh, Bellarmine actually won the conference tournament. but because they had just transferred from division two less than four years ago, they were actually banned from postseason play. And so the automatic bid went to, I believe Jacksonville state or Jacksonville, one of the two, but to think that uh, a team that just transferred from D two was actually able to get an NCAA bid, that would have been unheard of a few years back. But now you get these guys who who are graduate transfers or just enter the transfer portal, transferring and playing immediately, that's what happens. So I think the NCAA is going to have to revisit that that rule about not allowing teams within the first four years. But again, 10 years ago, that would have been unheard of. A team transferring from D2 would have been getting spanked all up and down the floor for at least three or four years. So that's one reason why I don't think the seeds matter anymore. The transfer portal, we see it affecting every school. The other reason why I I don't think seeding matters anymore is because of the one and done. And this has been going on for some time. What the one and done is, or is happening with the one and done is, you get these big name guys. We all know we're gonna are they're going to the league after one year, and of course they're all gonna go to the Kentuckys, the Dukes, the North Carolinas, the Kansases, right, the Texas. And then what you get is you get these young eighteen year old kids who are playing at a big time program who are very talented. They get in the tournament and they're going up against these smaller schools, but these smaller schools have 22, 23-year-old grown men who have been playing with each other for three or four years and aren't trying to figure out just in one year. And the the difference between an 18-year-old kid and a 22, 23-year-old young man, both physically, emotionally, and mentally, there's a huge difference there. And then obviously having played with your buddies and your teammates over the course of two or three years, uh, it, it makes a, a huge difference. So that's why... I, you see these upsets happen more and more now, and, and honestly, I think that's those are big reasons why. Yeah, I 100% um, agree with point that. On, on the whole transfer portal thing, um, I think I think it, the transfer portal is more effective and more than the one and done is right now. Because you got to take an instance for an Iowa State team last year that went two and twenty-one, right? And this year they're in the tournament twenty-one and twelve. Like, you know, and, that, and that's not to a one and done. Just what this whole transfer thing has done. You can elevate your program and speed up your your process real quick by getting some of these senior guys out here, you know. 
And I think that that adds a little more importance now than I think the one and dones did before. Yeah, and I think it's also uh, these guys are trying to play and build their their own team up as well. Um, I, I agree with what you, the breakdown that you just said. Um, I was thinking about it over the weekend as well, and, and I 100% agree with that with the transfer portal and how they're making these teams become um, all around more efficient and being able to compete with the bigger schools. Um, and even with the bigger schools, right, I think some of these smaller teams are getting players that – you're not getting a full Kentucky team that is just going to be all five first round guys, right? These guys are going to different schools that some that aren't really even thought about, to be honest with you, and creating their own team and really uh, trying to do this within themselves instead of being like, hey, I'm going here for a year. How about we all just jump together and try to make it happen? Um, so I, I think that's uh, – you're seeing that a lot. The, the kid from uh, – what was it New Mexico State um, that just balled out? Was it Friday night? I mean, he had a good statement back. You know, he's like, "Hey, I have a coach that believes in me, and I have a team that believes in me." And and he was the prime guy, man. I mean, he, he you did you could not stop that kid. And uh, you're you're definitely not seeing what we're used to seeing and seeing even with KU, right? Usually KU has a couple handful of guys that are going to go. Um, and come there directly to be there for a year or so and, and get out of there. Um, Kentucky obviously is always well known for that. Um, and even, even Duke, man. Um, so I, I completely agree with the transfer. Um, and I also believe that some of these, you know, some of these junctures are like, I'm going to go to a different school and I'm going to, I'm going to make it, I'm going to have the people around me that are going to put me in the spot to be able to take my team. And I don't need, Four other guys that are just going to quit one year and i think we're also at a time of age where people have noticed that that doesn't necessarily work anymore um we're just being a one and done it might be good for the season but it ain't some of these kids like you said aren't going to be there for aren't, aren't one and done's period you know and they want to create something out of it yeah so uh i the kid from New Mexico State. So he's the, he's the twin brother of the kid who plays from uh, Texas, Tommy and Timmy Allen. I'm not sure. I'm getting confused on which one's which, but um, yeah, both those kids, both those kids can ball. Um, whichever one plays for New Mexico State, he went off for like 35 or whatever it was in that first game. So kid can obviously play. Look, I, you know. The one and done, I think, is a little ridiculous at this point, just because, you know, in this country, when you're 18 years old, you're technically an adult. And I think these kids should have an opportunity to be drafted if they're good enough. Now, I know there's other paths to the NBA now. The G League's really trying to step up their development uh, in terms of giving these kids another option, you know, signing them to a two year, one, $1 million, 500 grand a year contract, or whatever it is. But I just, I think it's time to get rid of the one and done. I think some of these kids, you know, we're in a day and age too, where these teams will draft an 18 year old kid and then they'll sit on them for a two or three years and let them develop. So, I mean, we see it even now with the one and done. So I think you can just scrap the one and done as far as the transfer portal goes. Listen, 
everybody's situation is a little different. I'm I'm not against the transfer portal at all, especially if the kid has graduated. I think if you're a college graduate and you've taken your academics seriously, I think you should have the opportunity to play wherever right away. And then again, like I said, everybody's situation is different. I know a lot of people have to transfer because of family issues and whatnot. So um, I think that's been I think that's been a plus. I'm I'm, I'm pretty okay with the transfer portal but I just I think it's time to scrap the one and done to be honest with you I think it's bad for the kids and I think it's I think it's bad for the coaches I mean you got to give a guy like John Calipari all the credit in the world man I mean what he's able to do on a year in and year out basis is very impressive and I mean obviously coach K we know he's one of a kind and you know obviously you know Bill Self gets a few one and dones every now and again I know you know I don't have to convince you guys about your love for Bill Self so I mean I just think it's time to scrap it No, I, I agree, and I also I think we touched on it a few weeks ago, or maybe just a conversation on the side. Uh, I think it was actually a conversation when we out at Stoney's when we were watching the KU game. Um, you know, I think it's the one and dones don't necessarily. I get it when you come from, you know, rough rough bringing, and you're going to get paid. I under I 100% agree. Um, why you would want to take that option and get your family in, into a better living situations, but it's not always doesn't always work out either. Though, um, you know, you, you take that money and, like you said, dude, half of them are sitting on the bench, and then within two to three years, we don't hear from them again. And you hope that they took, like you said, their their education seriously and they put their money correctly, and they're able to make their living situation a lot better um, for their family and for themselves. But that's not always the case. And I, I think by running or rushing into the league, like you said, you're an 18-year-old kid, man, playing against these 20-some-year-old men that are literally, like, they're not going to give you an inch. Why, why would they, you know? Um, and to me, um, though it is great to see that, um, it doesn't always – transfer over into the NBA and you're missing some prime years there that you could be developing yourself. Um, yes, you're definitely going to learn a lot from the NBA and the G league and things like that. But um, there's years there that you could really be developing your game. Um, I mean, Obaji did this, did that this year with coming back from, from being testing out at a, uh, for the draft last year. Right. And dude, he came back this year and he's absolutely killing it. Like, and imagine if he would have just left. I don't see that same progress um, being able to to work the same way in the NBA because you're going to be sitting back. You're not going to get those chances that you are now. And I think that's a prime example of you wait another year and, and now you, even, you put yourself in a better situation than you did the year before. Yeah, so, I, I mean – I absolutely love that rule change that they made a couple years ago. These guys should absolutely be able to test the draft process, go through the combine, and still have the opportunity to go back to college. I think that was an excellent decision. I don't know who was in charge of that rule change, but it's absolutely the right call. Um, these guys like Ochai can kind of get a sense of where they're at. I think another KU guy should probably do that this year as well. The more I watch Christian Brown, the more I'm not so sure he's going to be back next year. Um, in fact, some of the mock drafts I've been seeing have him going late first round, but I think that's a, I think that's a process he should go through. I think he should test the waters. I think he should go to the combine 
and listen, if you think you're ready, then you make the jump. If you got good people in your corner telling you you're ready, make the jump. But at the same time, you're looking at possibly being first team all Big 12 next year, depending on how the team does, Big 12 player of the year. So um, I, I love, I absolutely love that rule change, letting these guys test the combine. I think that was without question the right call. Yeah, I mean, to echo what both of you are saying, I mean, this was one of the best rule changes that could have happened for our game. You know, I'm, Remy Martin was projected Big 12 player of the year, right? Just for, like, how great of a player he was going to be. And you have a bocce that comes back, and he ends up winning that award, right? But give it a couple years ago, a bocce enters his name in the draft. He's not coming back, and he's sitting at the end of a bench or in the G League, and you don't know what's going to happen in a couple of years. He might be out. So I think for development's sake, this is great because, look, everybody thinks they're ready for the NBA. Everybody thinks they're, you know, the next big thing coming up. But sometimes you need a reality check. You know, these guys are going to tell you, hey, this is what you need to work on your game. This is what you need to do to get better. You know, and you're going to end up looking like Jesus trying to think he's Kobe at the YMCA if, if you go into the draft process and you can't come back to college, you know. So I, I just think it's a great process for for the whole entire basketball game. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I, I know you guys both know this, but I, I I played a little college basketball. I played on some pretty good AAU teams growing up. And, I, you know, I've seen it with I've seen it with my own eyes who you have in your corner when you're when you're kind of an up and coming guy is crucial. The, the amount of pressure that these young kids are facing with. I mean, you got family members coming out the woodwork that you didn't even know you had looking for a handout, man. Surrounding yourself with with knowledgeable, trustworthy people is absolutely crucial. And you, you, you I mean, it's just, it's tough, man. You, you, you got to, you just, so Tom Izzo says that the greatest strength a person can have is self-awareness, right? You got to be able to really kind of look in the mirror and, and look at the game film and be like, okay you know, have a guy like Tom Izzo in your corner, like, Hey, like, you know, what do you think? And Tom Izzo will be honest with you. He'll say something along the lines of, listen, if you come back next year, you're going to be the big 10 player of the year. You're going to get even better. Um, we're going to have a really good team, but you're ready for the NBA. You know, he'll, you know, he'll say something like that. So it's just surrounding yourself with, with good people when, when, when you're up and coming, man, it, it's crucial because everybody and their mom is going to be looking for a handout and it's just, it's tough. So, um, that's really all I have to say about that. You guys have anything you want to add on the first two rounds or, um, well, just like one last thing on what you just said, I think the prime example and everybody kind of saw it play was Scotty Pippen and his contract that he signed. Right. That man needed that money, signed a terrible contract with the Bulls, right? And all because, like, he needed that money for his family. And I think that's just prime example that, you know, everybody's situation is different and everything and how you come up and stuff like that. But a lot of this money that players are going to get is life-changing money. And he, you talked about it. A lot of times it's generational-changing money, right? So you're you're more quick to sign something then maybe down the road could have been a better deal. But because you can change your life, you can change your family's life and your future families to come, sometimes guys just pull the trigger. And, like, I get that, and I understand and I understand that part of it, you know. But I think this whole process and having a good, good people in your corner, like, you know, kind of helps you keep grounded and make those right decisions. Well, first thing about Scottie Pippen, let me just say, 
he did sign, he signed a seven year, $18 million. That's not a year. That's total contract. However, once he left the Bulls and he signed contracts with the Blazers and the Rockets, he still made over $100 million in his NBA career. So let's not feel too bad for Scottie Pippen, okay? Um, you know, Scottie's one of the top 75 greatest players of all time. He benefited from playing with Michael Jordan as well as in a good system, but there's no question that he's an extremely talented basketball player. All right, I want to move on to these games that we got coming up because we do have the Sweet 16 coming up here. Thursday and Friday, and I want to start with the Thursday games and see who you guys like and your thoughts on the games here. So first game we have is the four-seed Arkansas going up against the one-seed Gonzaga. Second game on Thursday is the 11-seed Michigan playing really well at the right time, going up going up against a very well-coached and a very good under-the-radar Villanova team. The third game on Thursday, which is probably the game of the day, is Texas Tech, tough Big 12 team, will guard you going up against Mr. Coach K himself in his final run in a team that looks like a Final Four team, guys, and we'll get into that. And then the last game, which Houston's been running – Houston ran through their first two games, guys, and they're, and they're, and they're going to take on uh, the number one seed in that region in Arizona who had a tough test against TCU, and if it wasn't for ben, Benedict Mantherin, probably would have lost that game. So what do you guys think? Yeah, uh, I'm excited for most of these games. Uh, the Gonzaga-Arkansas game is going to be fun to watch um, it, for a couple of reasons, and the same thing goes with a couple of these with Arizona and Houston. Um, I think it's one of those things where, once again, it's the number one seeds. You think they're going to do some damage there, but um, they've been playing in some close games. Um, so... Uh, once again, we're in March Madness, and anything can happen, and it has happened, especially this tournament. And uh, I'm not so sure that this is just going to be a walk in the park for these guys. Um, that you know, Houston and Arkansas um, could potentially give them a game. I mean, um, and you got to think about it. You, you're you're a top team that is also uh, yes, you made it, but you barely made it, right? Uh, a couple of them had to go into overtime to get these wins, and and that does play an effect. You know, you're not you're used to kind of going through some of these teams and thinking that you're going to own own them, and you're moving on to the next next round as you shouldn't be thinking. But you know, you can't help yourself sometimes. And um, some of these um, other teams, like we've been saying, have have been putting up a fight, a really good fight. Um, so um, I'm excited to see that. Definitely excited to see Texas Tech and Duke. Um, I mean, that can go either way, to be honest with you. Um, so I am stoked with that. Um, which which other ones do we got here? Uh, the Michigan-Villanova. I'm a little worried. I have Villanova going. But like you said, Michigan's rolling the right direction right now. So um, I could see an upset happening right there. Um, obviously, we got our, our Kansas Jayhawks in our province. And um, I don't want to put any bad juju out there, but... I definitely hope our Jayhawks make it through for that. So um, I'm excited. Like I said, I just don't think that with the higher seed teams um, against some of these lower ones that it's going to be as easy as some people think it's going to be. And we can't forget the Purdue-St. Peter's game either. That's I'm, I'm rooting for St. Peter's, man. Those guys are I – want, I want that thing to keep going for them, so. Yeah. Um, let's see. Gonzaga, Arkansas. I think Gonzaga will play a close game. 
but they'll pull away. I don't. I think Arkansas. I think Memphis. I Me, mean, you just said earlier too when we were talking offline. Memphis was going to give Gonzaga a harder time than we think Arkansas is going to give them, and I, I believe in that one. Um, I think the for Thursday's game that Arizona Houston game is going to be a, a really good game. Like Arizona just came off of another close game, and I, I just think Houston's going to play them really well too. Um, so I think for me that's going to be the interesting matchup. Wise, um, Michigan Villanova. I'm not going to go against a Jay Wright team, especially an attorney. You know what I mean? Hall of Fame coach. This guy knows how to get his players to play. So I I like his experience as a coach in a tournament and just the way his, his boys are balling right now. I think I just, it's hard for me not to not pick Villanova. And then Duke and Texas Tech. I'm showing Big 12 love here. Personally, in my bracket, I have Texas Tech beating Duke at this at this point in time. Um, so I think defensively, I think it's because I more see it. So I give that Big 12 love, you know. Texas Tech is a heck of a team on defense, and I think they're going to give Duke a little more trouble than they might be anticipating. And so I think Texas Tech can sweep it out. I think that will be a close game. Um, so that's what I'm seeing for Thursday's games. Yeah, I mean, listen, if Duke wins this game, they they could win it all. This is not this will not be a walk in the park for the Duke Blue Devils. This Texas Tech team is old. They are well coached and they are tough and they play in the toughest conference in, in the country this year. Uh, I, I'm still going with Duke. Um, they look they have the look of a final four, maybe even a final team this year. But uh, Texas Tech could definitely win this game. And like I said, if Duke if Duke can pull this out, that this could be their year because this is going to be a tough one. Gonzaga, Arkansas for me. I, you know, like you said, Mario, we talked about it before we went online. I, I think with Jalen Duran in the middle, I honestly think Memphis was a, a a tougher test for Gonzaga. I mean, listen, Arkansas's best players are their guards. J.D. Note, I, I've, I've been high on him all year. But Gonzaga has well-rounded, experienced guards. And then obviously two, maybe the two best bigs in the country both play on the same team. So uh, the more I watch Chen Holmgren, the more I think he's going to be the number one pick this year. He's very special. And, and Drew Timmy was a second-team All-American and balled out in the second half of that Memphis game. So I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, obviously, because it's the NCAA tournament, but I think Gonzaga will win. Michigan-Villanova is interesting because Michigan, they didn't win – I think back-to-back games all year long or something like that, or they didn't win three in a row all year. And now, unlike Auburn, who kind of fizzled out at the end of the year, I mean, a lot of people were high on Auburn in the middle of the year. We talked about how talented they were in a previous show. They fizzled out, and Michigan's doing the exact opposite. They're playing their best basketball at the right time. I think getting their head coach back kind of rejuvenated them a little bit. However, I'm not one to generally ever go against Jay Wright. Uh, I love the way Villanova plays the game of basketball. Uh, Colin Gillespie is the Big East player of the year. And I have to give him a shout out too, because he was the Big East scholar athlete of the year. It's the first time in the history of that conference that a guy has won both awards. So he's obviously a terrific, right? Golf clap. He's obviously a terrific player and he's obviously a bright young man. So I, I have Villanova taking that one. Houston, Arizona. I don't know, dude, Th- this is a coin flip. I have Arizona in my bracket going to the final game. Houston ran through UAB. They ran through Illinois. Kelvin Sampson is a tough coach. He's going to have those boys ready to play. I honestly don't know who to pick in this one. I mean, I I picked Arizona in my bracket. I'm going to stick with my bracket, but this is a 50-50 game, and Arizona's very talented. They got two lottery picks in Benedict Mantherin and 
uh, Daylon Terry, as well as a good big in the middle in Coloco. But man, Houston's got grown men, and they, and they'll and they'll guard you. So that one's a coin toss for me. But I, I'm looking forward to those Thursday games. On the docket for Friday, we have Cinderella continuing to dance. First game, St. Peter's going up against Purdue. The second game, we have a very under the radar Providence team spanking in their last game going up against your Jayhawks. And we're going to talk about that. Third game, in my opinion, is the game of the day. We have a very underseeded North Carolina team going up against UCLA, who's got one of the best backcourts in the country. And then the final game, which I don't think anybody had picked, Iowa State, Miami. Talk to me. Um, I definitely had Iowa State and Miami. So uh, pretty much a genius when it comes to that. Uh, no. Uh, okay, take I'm actually time, excited right? to watch that game. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty much the shit. So, um, no, uh, yeah, those games are exciting. I, I, I touched base a little bit on it. got a little ahead of myself there. But um, St. Peter's, love seeing those guys ball. Um, Purdue's going to be a tough team, though. Uh, but – uh, St. Peter's got that magic going on right now, so I, I want I want to see that continue going. <laughs> I I'm not gonna lie to you guys there. Um, I did actually have North Carolina and UCLA um, picked out for that one. Um, that game is going to be fun to watch. Uh, I really enjoyed watching the Duke game with North Carolina and a couple of the North Carolina games. So I think they're gonna give them a little bit of a run for UCLA, especially how good UCLA is. Um, Iowa State, Miami. You're absolutely right. No one, no one had that. And if you do, please let us know. We'd like to talk to you and figure out how you came to that that conclusion. Um, but that will be an interesting game. Um, we have our old Jayhawk Moore that's that's running the point there for Miami. So, and he's actually been playing pretty good from the games that I've seen um, with him. Wish he would have done that at KU, but um, it is what it is. Um, and then we got our boys uh, playing against Providence. Like I said, I don't want to curse it, but uh, KU is actually playing some pretty good ball. Um, I think uh, the coach um, self did a really good change. Uh, me and Mario were talking about it the other day. You could kind of see it when they were getting taken advantage of um, with our point guard play and not being, uh, not having that, you know, deadly shooter. Um, as you could say, um, Harris is a great point guard and does control the ball pretty well, uh, but he's he's not going to scare you from the three-point line, and I think Bill Self did a really good job when he, he switched it out for Remy. Uh, and in Remy's case, he is looking good, man. Uh, I know he's coming off the bench, but I, I think that's actually helping, to be honest with you, uh, given that extra spark when he comes off the bench. And um, he's looking like he's, he's uh, at least looking a lot better lot healthier than he was he definitely has some bounce back in his step because that boy's been getting up um and honestly he's just been i think he's just been able to control um that front court uh with with you know the movement that he's been able to do and opening up some shots um ojai i think needs to kind of relax and get back in his groove a little bit i think he's you know uh, he needs to kind of calm it down and, uh, you know, show why he was the Big 12 player of the year and really come out and just ball out. I think he's had a couple of tough games, uh, but he's still there. Um, and honestly, 
all in all, I, I like what Kansas has been doing lately, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a huge Jayhawk fan, but I really, you know, I even said in the previous episodes I was worried, um, and uh, you know, you made a good point where you're where you you were touching base on uh, on Remy's play and how that kind of conducted some things. And the more I saw, uh, more I paid attention to that, the more I, I, I agree with you on that, and I think we're starting to see that right now uh, with with how he's coming out and controlling the game and really with his attack um, opening up some spots for the other guys to be able to shoot and uh, making the team all around more balanced. Um, So I'm excited for that one. I'm excited to see what's going, what's going to happen between that. I know Providence isn't something that uh, a team that you want to just look over either. Uh, So we'll, we'll definitely be there supporting for my Jayhawks to get to the next round on that. Yeah, um, I'll touch on North Carolina, UCLA. I think North Carolina all year long has been disrespected in the pools. I think they played great basketball all year long, a team that should have been ranked. Even I've, I've told Jesus this a lot. I don't know how the hell Texas was ranked so much all year long. They constantly we either win a game, lose a game, lose a couple games, you know what I mean? They're a good team, don't get me wrong, but I think – North Carolina was a team that should have been ranked more than Texas should have been ranked. So I think that was just disrespect on, on the pool part of that. Um, I disrespected them. <laughs> I didn't see them going this far. But, boy, are they balling right now. And so it's kind of hard to go against that. UCLA, that's going to be a good game. And I think that's going to be a matchup worth seeing. I am I had UCLA winning at that point in time. So kind of like, yeah, I, I have to stick with my bracket. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie, like, I will pull for North Carolina because my bracket's already shot anyway, so it doesn't even matter what's happened anymore. Um, but And then Purdue St. Peter's, you know, I've been cheering for Purdue all year. Um, what do you mean? <laughs> I've been cheering <laughs> Purdue. Um, but Cinderella story. The, the, dance is, the, the dance is ending for Cinderella this round, but go ahead. No, no, you know, let the hey. Cinderella story continue, you know? Hey. Time to go to the whoa, ball. Whoa, 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 whoa. Midnight whoa, whoa. Dancing if, the, if the shoe fits, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it fits right now. So I'm sticking with Purdue still, but, you know, Hater. St. Peter's, you know, let them, what are they, like the Peacocks or something like that, you know, and. I saw I saw today on, on the news that uh, Peacock TV, you know, paid for their cheerleaders to come out because the school didn't have money to send their cheerleaders to the first two first rounds of the game. So Peacock TV got their cheerleaders to come to the game so they could cheer for the team. You know what? That's saying something right there. That's saying these guys believe, you know. And on top of that, they got free subscription of Peacock TV so um, for a whole year. So hopefully they're not watching that yet and they're watching film. And if they are watching film, Purdue, watch out. I got them on upset alert on a Friday. <laughs> Don't laugh, <at> you. <laughs> um, but I think the game to watch okay. a <laughs> uh, game to watch is Iowa State Miami because nobody had them there. Truly, nobody had them there. I think that's just the game to watch right there. Um, I think that's going to be the game of the night right there. It's going to be a really hell of a game. I'm cheering, obviously, for, for my boys from the Big 12 and Iowa State. And lastly, my boys, Kansas and Providence. Like you said, Providence, uh, they're going to be a tough team to play. Um, 
but I'm on some, I'm cheering for my boys up here, KU here. Um, to Jesus's point, and I've been saying it all year long. Remy Martin is a hell of a player. Obviously, we know that Pac-12 Player of the Year. This man can ball out. This man can score, right? And I've been saying, yes, he's been hurt, but I think he's also been limited by Bill Self, right? And no, no, no offense to Bill Self or anything. You're coming into his system. You're going to run the way he wants to run his program. And this man knows how to coach, right? I've been saying all year long, you let Remy, Remy Martin come in with second team and just let him ball out. Let him do what he does with your second string people, you know? And and he's a healthy guy right now, and he's proven right now that he can still – he's balling, right? And this is the piece that KU needed. Going in, we're, we're worried, right? What can KU do? McCormick, we're going to rest on his shoulders, Abachi, Brown. We were questioning who's that second scorer for KU. Remy Martin's proving it right now. Remy Martin is that guy. And I think if he continues his stellar play, he's going to take us far in this game and we're in this tournament. Um, one thing I, I need to add just to look it up real quick. I had to pull up my phone just went off. Where's it at? Bill Self is 10-3 and in his coaching career in the Sweet 16. Just mic drop. I got nothing to say to that. You know what I'm saying? KU all the way. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Rock Chuck. Okay. Rock Chuck. Right. Give me the ball, coach. Take it easy, Fog Allen, will you? Okay. Oh. So so much that I want to say to 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 that. So I, I'm not going to go in order here. I'm going to go in the order that I'm least excited to most excited. So here we go. So Iowa State, Miami. I mean, first of all, let's just talk about how Iowa State was what two and twenty one last year or two and twenty two, and now they're in the Sweet Sixteen. I mean, that's awesome, right? Well, I told you. Talk about kids that have been through up and downs, having to go through the Big Twelve. Um, I think their run is ending here, though. I, I, I've watched a few Miami games this year, and they have four guys that can all create their own shot off the bounce. Jim Laranega has been around the block multiple times. I don't know if you guys remember this, but he was the coach of George Mason when they made their Final Four run many, many years ago. And Never heard here of we it. are, right? Everyone talking about how the ACC was down this year. They pretty much only had one team ranked in the top 25 all year long. And here we are on the sweet 16 and they got three teams. So I think this is where, I think this is where Iowa state's run ends. Although it's a 50, 50 game, it could go either way, but I'm, I'm going with those, with those kids from Miami who were really nice off the dribble and can create their own shot. Listen, I feel bad for the St. Peter's cheerleaders. Okay. You would think that you would think that the Catholic church with all the billions of dollars that they have could have doled out some money so that these <laughs> these young girls could go cheer on their team, but apparently not, okay? So I guess Peacock's going to pay for them to go to their game, which is a waste of time because Cinderella's story ends this round. Jay Nivey is maybe the best, most athletic guard in the country, okay? St. Peter's hasn't seen anybody all year long, including the first two games that can even come close to what Zach Eady does. I mean, he's going to be eaten all day long. And Matt Painter is going to have these guys ready to play. I, I just, I don't, I mean, I'm rooting for them. It's a 15 seed. It's fun to, it's fun to see, but I, I don't see them getting, I don't see them getting past the Purdue team that looks like they could be a final four team this year, guys. I, I've been high on them all year. They've been, they were a little up and down during big, big 10 play, but 
this is a good this is a good team, and I, I I don't see St. Peter's pulling off the upset in this round. UNC UCLA hater. I'm not a hater. I'm just giving my opinion and I'm being realistic here. <laughs> um, of course, I didn't have St. Peter's beating Kentucky either, but hey, you know, got proven wrong there. Um, North Carolina, <laughs> North Carolina UCLA. Uh, so I actually have UCLA going to the Final Four. Um, I've been high on them all year. I think they have one of the best backcourts in the country and Tiger Campbell and Johnny Juzang as well. And they're long in every position. You know, UNC, man, that was an interest. That was probably the game of the weekend when they played Baylor. They were up 25 points with 10 minutes to go. And listen, I understand we live in a generation now where the Gen Zs are starting to, you know, become adults and, you know, with that comes ridiculously soft things. Brady Manick did not deserve to get tossed out of that game, okay? He threw an inadvertent elbow. It was not intentional. If you want to give him a flagrant foul, fine. But to toss the kid out of the game in what could have possibly been his last collegiate game, absolutely ridiculous. And it totally changed the game. I mean, Baylor, or uh, North Carolina looked like they had never seen a press before. I mean, Baylor was just – I mean, you saw the championship DNA, man. They, they did not want to go out. Armando Baycott for UNC figured out a way to get it done. He, he knocked down some free throws. R.J. Davis played really well for them. Um, when Caleb Love fouled out, it really hurt them because they lost a ball handler. So uh, I'm sticking with UCLA, but, man, UNC is super underseeded as an eight seed. I mean, yeah, like you said, Mario, the fact that they were not in the top 25 the majority of the year is kind of a joke. Um, being the second-best team in the ACC, I mean, kind of silly. So, um, I'm sticking with UCLA, though. Uh, I, I, I like how Mick Cronin has those guys playing. Providence KU. All right, let's, let's, let's touch on this a bit here because I know it's close to the heart for you guys. First of all, let me say this about Providence. This, this is maybe the best team they've ever had at Providence, and that's, that's not an exaggeration, okay? Um, I don't think they've ever actually been to the Sweet 16 before. Or maybe No, actually, I believe when Billy Donovan played there, they made it a Final Four run with Rick Pitino as the coach, if I'm not mistaken. But maybe other than that team, right? Maybe other, maybe other than that team, this is probably the the next best team that they've ever had. It's probably the most talented team they ever had. So this is not going to be a walk in the park for KU. Now, when it comes to KU specifically, listen, this is why you brought Remy Martin in was for right now. Okay, late late in the regular season, we 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 talked about it on our show. KU kind of started maybe floundering a bit. I know we were concerned about, you know, you can, you know, kind of win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game. You can kind of go in two different directions at that point. And, you know, Bill Self has showed his character. These young kids are showing their character and KU's playing really well. And, and, you know, you brought up a good point earlier, Poncho, about Remy coming off the bench. Yes, he is coming off the bench. However, he's finishing games, which is more important. Okay. He may not be starting them, but he's finishing them. And I actually like what Bill Self's doing with, with Remy, because you have a kid, you have this guy for one year. He's obviously, he was, he had a good year last year. He's very talented, but you got a guy in Dewan Harris. Who's he's going to be a program guy. He's a sophomore. He's going to be around all four years. So you don't want to put this kid on the bench and hurt his development by bringing in a kid for uh, one year and putting him in the starting lineup. It's good for Dewan. It's good for Dewan Harris, and it's also good for the team that Remy's finishing the games because he's playing his best basketball of the year right now. And I got to say, David McCormick, as much as you hate on him, he's playing his role right now. He is. Since the since the start of the Big 12 tournament, he's been playing his role. Now, I, I know he's not what KU is used to in terms of the center play, but 
he's doing what the team needs him to do right now. So as long as he stays within himself, he doesn't take bad shots. I don't think he should be shooting anything outside of five or six feet. And I'm saying that totally honestly. I mean, it's, it's, it's like the old line from the movie Hoosiers. Don't shoot the ball unless you're wide, wide open under the basket. And that's what David McCormick should do. So, um, but he's been playing his role really nicely. And obviously, Ochai Abaji is the Big 12 player of the year. I'm really high on Christian Brown. The more I watch him, the more I'm not sure he's going to be back next year. And then Jalen Green, obviously, really nice in transition, really good defensive player, can, can get to the rim. So, I'm going to go with KU in this game. But don't sleep on Providence, boys. So, that's all I'm saying. We're looking forward to watching it. And, uh, yeah, it's just exciting time of year. What are your... What are you guys' final thoughts here? That's it. That's all I got. Rock uh, Chalk, Rio, you too? I mean, yeah, I'm Rock Chalk and then St. Saint Peter's Dog, you know what I'm saying? They're, the dance isn't <laughs> over, you know what I'm saying? I know, I know for all my people out there, you know, it's um, – reggaeton and bad bunny's about to start coming on e your favorite cardi b's about to start playing here pretty soon the dance ain't over yet for saint peter's boys it's, we going dancing still you know and uh, yeah rock chalk also but to your point too on ku mccormick has played his role and this is what we needed out of him um he still kind of takes a little bit of questionable shots on, on, from what i see but he's doing what he needs to do and his team is it's is doing what it needs to do at the right time. I mean, like you said, we brought Remy in for this specific reason. And I I think he needs to be starting. Though. I don't think he needs to come off the bench because if you saw that Creighton game, especially at the beginning, they were getting DeWan Harris wide open looks from the three and say, hey, you know, shoot on me and try to hurt me. You know what I'm saying? Because he's not a threat. You brought in Remy, though, off the bench and replaced him. They, they left them first shot, they left them wide open, thinking, hey, same thing, hits a three. You know what I'm saying? Some of these teams are going to are gonna be playing Harris like that, where they're just going to leave him open from three, and, you know, he's not he's not a threat. So I think Remy needs to be starting. No, I, I well, agree. I mean... Uh, me and you talked about that as well, right? So um, I definitely think some other teams will start picking that up. Um, but it's hard to not look at it the other way, man. I mean, you're literally having this guy be a spark off that bench, and it does change the dynamic of the team, and it helps, especially when the when the starters are getting tired and they just need that extra push. And uh, that's that's kind of a style of play. Uh, and I I don't know. I think that for right now, I think it's working for sure. And not saying that he couldn't be a starter because he definitely can, and he. And I agree that games that he has been a starter, you know, they've been able to uh, to come out in front. But I think it's working right now. And whether that's Bill Self's call, which I part of me thinks it is, is is a great call by him. Um, and I think they sh- they should continue that. But we'll see what he does. Um, but on my end, you know, you know what? I, I have been very thrilled to watch these games. I can't wait for our next update. Um, for these next games to to be completed because um that's all i did this weekend and I, I i have no regret at all so they've been they've been exciting and i can't wait for this next round yeah you know so 
first of all, Cardi B's trash. Okay, so let's just get that out of the way really quickly. Um, if here's the thing, coaches, coaches, not just Bill Self, but coaches in general have a tendency to shorten the rotation this time of year. So if DeWan Harris is not willing to take those open shots, or if he's not capable of making those open shots, then you'll see Bill Self make a change. But as of right now, it's not starting the game is not as important as finishing the game. Okay, and right now Remy Martin is is finishing the game, and he's playing his best basketball of the year. In fact, like like we said, this is why you brought him in, right? This is this is why this is why he was the Pac-12 Player of the Year last year, and this is why he's playing for KU. It wasn't for the regular season. It wasn't for the you know pre-regular season big-time matchups against Kentucky and whatnot. You brought him in for right now. And as up to this point, he's delivering. So um, good on Remy Martin, good on Bill Self for kind of figuring out a rotation. And yeah, if he has to make changes, he will. That's what this time time year is all about. It's adjusting on the fly. That's when coaches kind of show their talent. So it'll be it'll be fun to see. So on that note, let us know what you guys think in the comment section. That's going to do it for us. Shoot us a message on what games you guys like, if St. Peter's, if the run is going to continue, who your guys' Final Four is, what you think of Cardi B, or if you just want to chit-chat, shoot us a message. And then, you know what it is, punch a like, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell, share this video, and we will talk to you later.